Accessing library computer data. Level 9 authorization required. Command codes verified. Welcome to Moms Going Boldly, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. Moms Going Boldly is two moms who love Star Trek and who also happen to have children on the autism spectrum. We talk about the new Star Trek Discovery TV series, as well as any autism issues we see along the way. I am your host, Elizabeth, and with me is my co-host, Vicki. Hi, this is Vicki. We are Moms Going Boldly. Program initiated. Enter when ready. Welcome back to Moms Going Boldly. Today we are talking about the Star Trek Discovery episode, Project Daedalus. So Vicki, what did you think of this episode? I think this is more like it. Really? Okay. I like this one. Did yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Now, is that funny because I, sorry. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, this will be good. We'll talk about what we liked and what we didn't yeah. like about the episode. Okay, great. Well, this episode starts off with Admiral Cornwell arriving on Discovery. And she it's immediately clear that she is working with... Captain Pike and coordinating, I wouldn't say coordinating or working with, but maybe just cooperating with Captain Pike about what his concerns are with Section 31. So there, this is a bit of a covert meeting uh, to yeah. kind of investigate Section 31 and what's going on there. But before she's going to do anything about sexual Section 31, she wants to talk to Spock. So we immediately move into a scene where she's reading Spock's reactions with some kind of 23rd century lie detector test and she is more or less reassured that he did not murder anyone in the facility at you know the uh, the mental health facility that he checked himself into and so she right. she believes he believes himself so yeah which is good because now we have more than just so, go ahead oh she believes him but then she said if he believes he's not guilty, that doesn't actually mean he's not guilty. Exactly. So exactly. So we've got one more yeah. person who's on his team, but 100%, she's right. but she's provisional. Still not yeah. And so then, uh, now that Michael Burnham's back in the uh, in the Discovery, she's protesting to Captain Pike that Tyler must be innocent because it's just not something he would do. He wouldn't sabotage, you know, sabotage the spore drive. He wouldn't communicate with Section Thirty One you know, without talking to them first. And so she's, you know, she's trying to plead on Tyler's behalf. And Pike is essentially telling her, I know what's going on or what has gone on. So there you are, you know, and so, and I don't know, did she look surprised to you when he said that? She did. I thought she did. I mean, as much as surprised as she looks. Right. That was, I thought that was surprise. Yeah. Cornwell essentially gives the discovery a mission to go to Section 31's headquarters. And she wants to do it without notifying a certain Admiral Patar, who apparently is a Vulcan extremist, which isn't that the same people that Michael Burnham was worried about? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So the Vulcan extremists apparently have been around for a while. Yeah, because we heard of them, we heard of them in Enterprise, didn't we? You know, yes, you're right. I remember yeah. that. That was they. They caused yeah. the explosion at the uh, the like the, right, federa- the, the 
the Federation of uh, uh, or Fleet Headquarters. Yeah, or something like that. Whatever yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we still have these Vulcan extremists in place, and Admiral Pitar is one of them. And so Cornwall wants to get to the Section 31 headquarters without alerting her that they're coming, which I guess requires them traveling through a minefield. Yes. Yeah. Now, in the meantime, we're learning a little bit more about Arium, who is the part human, part cybernetic crew member that has been infected with some kind of virus that the Squiddy probe transmitted. Yeah. And for the first time, we, we learn more about this person. We've known nothing about this crew member until this episode. Mm-hmm. So we learned that she was married, and then she was in a shuttle accident, which is how she ended up with the cybernetic implants. She's really good friends with uh, Tilly and Awosakun and Detmer, and they hang out together when they're off duty together. And so they're, you know, it's a nice relationship that we just learned about in this episode. Yeah. And, we, and we also learned that she has the ability to download her memories. Right, and apparently she doesn't have enough space to save all of her memories, so yeah. she has to clean them out Yeah. Um, and keep the ones that are important. Yeah. Yeah. So then we also get to see Stamets, who is getting to feel a little bit more like the old Stamets. What do you think? Yes, he yeah. is. And I like the I like the um, back and forth between the back. I yeah. like that. There's some great... Mm-hmm. I don't want to call it a relationship, but, you know, that... There's good. I don't know what to call it, but I like that. I hope they work together more. Yeah, there's good repartee. Yeah. Yeah, so that's good. They have some fun repartee, and it's, it's good to see. We kind of hope that they're put together again because they're a lot of fun. And so Stamus is trying to figure out what's going on with the spore drive, and Spock and Burnham are there to help him, and then they Spock and Burnham get into an argument with each other, which is also kind of amusing. <laughs> more sibling jibing at each other. So, and then when they go to headquarters, they, you know, they, they, they show up and there's this interaction between Cornwell and Captain Pike on the bridge where Cornwell says to Captain Pike, I don't know what you thought of this, but I'll be interested in hearing what you, you thought about this. Apparently Captain Pike is, you know, embittered by the fact that the Enterprise was kept out of the war with the Klingons. And so she says to him something about we kept you out of the war because if we lost, we wanted the best of Starfleet to, to survive. Right. Now, I don't know about I you, know. <laughs> but that was the biggest facepalm moment I have ever experienced in my life. <laughs> I sat there, I was thinking, I, I, I said to my husband and my son, what the heck is she thinking? Saying that in front I know. of, okay, and you discovery people, you were all expendable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, and my. nobody seemed to react to that. I guess that was just for us. I don't know. I kind of thought nobody... they would. I thought they did. I thought they looked kind of appalled that she was essentially saying, "You people were expendable. Only Enterprise is the best." <laughs> yeah, maybe they did. Now that you know, they did. They all looked at each other, but they do that a lot. So maybe I just didn't even notice. It. I was just appalled. <laughs> you know, how did this human being, who remember from the first season, she's supposed to be like some kind of therapist. Right, that's right. I forgot that. You're right. God, this character's a ding dong. 
That's right. I totally forgot that. You know, you would think, okay, A, do not sleep with the people under you command. B, do not insult the bridge crew right in front of them. I mean, these are like basic. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Oh, and every time I think, okay. It's worse because I forgot she was there. That makes it even worse. Yeah. I just thought she was an unthinking um, official, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot she was a therapist. And every time. Definitely know better. And every time I hope they're going to rehabilitate this character, they put more stupid in her mouth. (laughs) Which is a shame because I like the actress and I think the actress plays the character well, but God, they make this character a moron. I know. <laughs> she, I, it's almost like she just did it out of anger because he was angry at her so she was going to say something to shut him up. Right. So let, and while you're I'm at gonna, it, I'm going to shut you up with this one line. Yeah. And, and gonna, now you're going to feel bad that you said anything to me. <laughs> right. And, and while I'm doing it, I'm going to back that bus right over everybody else in the room. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> they have to go through this minefield of these really smart minds, which actually, that was the only part of this episode that I really enjoyed, was sort of the clever behavior that they had to come up with. It was more techie, you know, science and intuitive and techie responses to problem solving. Detmer has to get to, gets to fly like a badass again. I love that. Mm, right. And they're all shouting out, you know, maneuvers to her so that there's nothing predictable about the way the ship is moving. That was probably my favorite part of the whole episode, was that I thought that was really cool. Um, so let's see. I, see, I just, I, this, this episode did not stay with me very much. So I'm, I, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out what highlights to talk about. So if I miss anything, please jump in. Oh, there were, there was parts where, um, you know, I still never, I, I don't know why I can't remember her name. The cyber, the one that episode's about, what's her name? Arium. Well, you're talking, you, now you have that, Stephen. Now I have the what? You have that voice now. Oh, okay. I have Air. Her name is Arium. Arium. Okay. Yeah. The, the keyboard voice that. Oh, I love that voice. We should try. We should see if we can do a whole podcast in that I know, voice. But... <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I've said that before. It might be better than mine. My... <laughs> it's that's a great voice. Okay, so for people, for our listeners, you know, we use a service. We use a Discord service, and sometimes Discord will translate what we say into this great Stephen Hawking voice. It's really cool when we're communicating with each other. But you need to know that right now coming through my speakers, you sound just like you. You are not the Stephen Hawking okay. voice. So for whatever Okay, because you were sounding like him a couple <laughs> minutes ago. So I, I, missed, so I missed her name because yeah. I, I got distracted by Stephen Hawking. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got our friend Ariam, who, who we know is having some issues. She asked, I, yeah. And I think I'm I'm not clear, and I still wasn't clear at the end of the episode if she knew something was happening to her. I think she did. The whole thing. But I think, I don't know that she knew exactly what was happening. It seemed to me like she knew something was going on. Yeah. Why wouldn't she tell him earlier? She told him at the end, we're, well, we're not there yet. But I think she knew something was wrong. Yeah. I mean, she asked Tilly to stand next to her. Exactly. So, but she, I think she was having memory lapses and she couldn't figure out why. Right. And so I, I, I don't think she was clear that she, I don't, I don't think I was never clear through the whole episode if she knew exactly what was happening to her until the end. Right. So yeah, there's all, there's that where God. And so these are the, these are the 
the the tensions that this episode is holding together. We've got, you know, the mines trying to get into the Section 31 headquarters, trying to, and then we've got Arium, who somehow is up to some some no good, but we're not entirely sure what it is that is happening at the same time. So that's the, those are the tensions that this episode brings together. They finally get into the Section 31 headquarters after they receive a message from Admiral Patar telling them to stand down and that they're in a lot of trouble. Right. But then they get into the headquarters and yeah. discover the body of Admiral Patar that's been dead for like two weeks. And right. they're trying to figure out how that happened. And they realize that it's Spock who, excuse me, I'm sorry, Saru figures out that Admiral Pratar was a hologram. And then they figure out that the video of Spock murdering the mental health facility staff is also a hologram. So they know he was set up. And right there. So what makes, what makes Tilly start checking on Arium. All of a sudden, it looked like something occurred to her, but I was never clear what made her start looking at her thing. Uh, you know, that's a good question. I don't remember. Never. I don't think I ever saw anything. Yeah. I it's, it's all of a sudden, you, you know, usually somebody says something and you see that look on somebody else's face, like, oh, let me check this. Right. Which and she got, I got, saw the look, but I couldn't understand what drove What drove the look, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so while this is, and this is taking place while Arium and Burnham and another character whose name I can't remember. I think it's Non. In the red suit. Yeah, Non in the red suit. Right, because she was in. Right. She was the red suit that in that in that first or second episode where they are in the the right. fabulous like little roller coaster ride thing that she right. was the red suit and we thought she was going to die, but instead it was the mouthy science officer who died. So they're all over on the space station, the th Section 31 space station, when Tilly is realizing there's something wrong with Arium. And I know, but I can't figure out what made her yeah. like that. So one really cool thing about um, Non is that she is Barzan. Do you remember the Barzan? I think I do. From they're, which series? From Next Generation. Uh, I don't remember a lot about Next Generation. So the Barzan were the people who, they, their planet essentially had what they thought was a stable wormhole next to their planet. It's the episode where the Federation and a bunch of other civilizations are negotiating for the use of the Barzan wormhole, and there's a half-betazoid or partial-betazoid human guy who romances Troy. It's kind of, I remember that part, but yeah, he's kind I don't of, remember the rest kind of, of Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, that's the one you don't like, right? <laughs> He's kind of sleazy, that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so those were the Barzan. The Barzan were the people who had the wormhole before they discovered that the wormhole really wasn't stable. Okay. So, so that's who Nan is. She's part of that same species with the Barzan. So anyway, so while they're on the space station, Arium goes bonkers. Virus that she has downloaded from the Squiddy probe has taken over, and she tries to kill Nan. And then she tries to destabilize the space station, and she's going to kill Burnham too, because she needs to. Right. She needs to get the the AI data or something. Right from the sphere, right? She she has all the data in the sphere, or she's trying to get the data in the sphere. Yeah, from the sphere. Yeah. So Arium is out of control, and the only way to stop her is Arium says she has to, Burnham has to open the outer door and vent her into space. Right. And so then there's this very 
sad emotional moment where she's not going to want it she doesn't want to do it and she's saying there's got to be some other way of doing it and and Ariam says you've got to find project Daedalus and Burnham says what does that mean and then the door lock airlock opens and Ariam flies out and it's Non who Ariam didn't kill who's, who opened the airlock who opens the airlock yeah. no and then it's all very emotional and people are crying and Tilly's crying and Detmer's crying and everybody's crying because Arium's gone. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved to have cried too, except that I did not get any lead up on who this person was before this episode. If they had well, spent... Well, I think that's why they tried... Right. Yeah. I think that's why they tried to jam it all in <laughs> one episode. And I right? was just... I was sitting there going, this was not well done, peeps. If they had actually given us some lead up with her, just they could have spent... 20 seconds, 30 seconds on scenes in the episode since she was infected by the Squiddy Probe. Yeah. And to give us the feeling of this relationship, I would have been much more deeply impacted by her loss. Instead, I was like, okay, well, you just made her three-dimensional today. (laughs) And I'm not invested. I am not emotionally invested. So I think the actors did a great job of being sad, but I was like, I can't go there with them. Which was just... So here's my question again. Yes. Um... A couple episodes ago, when she got hit with the virus, yeah, I had mentioned that the Red Angel has the cyber suit. Okay. Yes. Now, now they made the whole episode about her, and they jettisoned her out in space. Interesting. She's she's human and lonely. Yep. Oh. Oh, you're so, so you're so are, brilliant. You think, you think they're doing a big misdirect? to make us think that this is the Red Angel. I don't know. Even when she was standing in the door, there was one point when the doors opened, um, I guess when she heard when they were, when um, Pike and was calling Burnham and the other woman to tell him something's wrong with her, the doors opened and she turned around and looked at him and the way the lights hit her, her suit was red. She didn't have a red suit on, but. Oh, you know, I didn't even notice that. I'm going to have to look on that. was red. So do you think this is a big misdirect to lead us down the wrong path? Or do you think she's really going to be the Red Angel who's going to come back and try to have them not download the information from the sphere? I don't know. This is a brilliant question. This is a brilliant question. I do know that the next episode is called Red Angel. Oh, okay. So maybe... There was no other reason to have a whole episode about her. Except if they're trying to misdirect us or if she's the Red Angel. And do you think that the pattern of this second season shows that kind of leaning towards misdirection? No, oh, but they, that's what I'm saying. It's been so predictable. Yeah. So you're kind of hoping for knew, misdirection, aren't you? We knew we were getting back. We knew we were getting psyched. We knew Culver wasn't dead. We, we, we knew all of this before the season even started. We knew we were getting Ash back. Yeah. Everything's been so predictable. And I even said we needed, you know, when they invented that whole thing about well, last year about Locke and Ash. They were behind it. I'm never going to, nobody's never going to tell me they weren't. Oh. They created this big conspiracy around the show. No, you're exactly we correct. Have any, we haven't had anything. We haven't had anything up until this point, really. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So interesting, interesting thought. I, I, it makes now, it. Again, it could be a misdirect to have the big theory going on and have it go in another different direction, a whole different direction. But it's still something to think about. No, I think this is an excellent point. I think it's a very excellent point. And either way, well, I see, I didn't even recognize the 
allusion to the red angel that you spotted in the episode. So that's entirely possible. But I think you're also right. We're, it's time for a misdirect. And that's what they, yeah. did, they did, did last year. And we haven't seen any of it exactly as you say. So, yeah, I think that's a very viable, powerful theory. Very cool. Thanks. Any other thoughts? Did I miss anything? Did I miss any important points on this one? Oh, I think, you know, I think Spock telling um, the colonel that the, what, the Red Angel is a human and is lonely. Yeah. Sad and lonely. Just added to my, I, there's a reason he said that. Yeah. And you know that Arium is that, I don't know why I think is sad and lonely. Her husband died on the honeymoon coming back. Yeah. 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 So, you know, Tilly gave her her good memories back right before. Yep. Jettisoned her out of the ship. And she did mention that her, she had her helmet off so she won't survive in space. Right. Which clearly means she could just put her helmet or somebody who, you know, whoever, I don't know if somebody captures her or grabs her out of space and brings her back or whatever, but. Or what if, you know, she still has the virus. What if the virus somehow right. communicates with, you know, Squiddy Probe from the future and she's taken to the future? True, yeah. I just, because I just think they went, again, they went about bringing her to our attention more than once because I thought that in the, as soon as the virus hit her. Yeah. A couple episodes ago. Yeah. All right, well then, I'm looking forward to seeing how this goes to see if you're right. I'm hoping you're right. I'm rooting for right. So what would you give well, like this? I know, like I said, I'm on the fence because it could be like, I don't trust them. So, right. <laughs> so what would you give this episode on a scale of one to 10? This one, I'd give it, I'll give it an eight and a half. Okay, you did really like it. I did, yeah. I did. Okay, I, I'm, I'm down at a six. And I think the eight and a half was because, yes, we heard about the Red Angel, but we didn't have to hear that on about the Red Angel. Something else was happening. Right. And they're giving us something to think about. In my mind, anyway, maybe I'm the only one who saw that or noticed that or thinks that. Well, but that could have been all nothing, and it's all in my head. I, well, but it gave I don't, me something to think about anyway. I think you've given me something to think about, too, because I did not clue in on that. But once you said it, it made sense. So I think you're right. It's something to think we'll about. See. Yeah. Okay, any other thoughts on this episode? Yeah, it was much more, definitely an eight and a half. Okay, good. Any other thoughts on this episode? Oh, not really. Okay, very good. Oh, yeah, I had a question. Yeah. Tyler is still still confined to his quarters, right? Apparently, yes. But, so, didn't last week, see, for some reason I thought they released them, because I remember somewhere along the line last week, something else got sabotaged, and Hike saying, well, Tyler was in his quarters, so he couldn't. Didn't they? And for some reason, because of that, I thought they let him out, but I guess they didn't. I don't think they did. But I think he's coming out next episode. All right, that was my only question. Yeah, I think he comes out next episode. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll episode. So, and the next episode for our listeners is called The Red Angel. So hopefully we'll get some of these questions answered, which is nice to have some questions to be answered. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah, if you're going to do a serialized uh, series, if it's going to be serialized, you should have some questions absolutely along the way absolutely and we haven't gotten all that many but we do now yay yeah so very good all right well we invite our listeners to join us next time when we discuss the episode the red angel you can continue exploring the universe with moms going boldly 
by following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash momsgoingboldly and on Twitter at momsgoingboldly. The music used on Moms Going Boldly is Without Limits by Ross Bugden Music. On Twitter at Ross Bugden, licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license, creativecommons.org. complete.